So on to today's agenda, which is standards for only digital magazines. But before we get into that, or part of that, as I said, go into the archive and look at videos. This was one back on May 27th, Taggart Henderson, the co-CEO at BNP, sat down with me virtually, and we walked through BNP's acceleration. Another key point, I said earlier in that other article where they talked about COVID-19 perhaps has brought about five years of acceleration on our media business. Here's case in point. So TAG will talk about how BNP um, back, this was in May, it's already happened now, but in the summer of 2020, how they were going to basically pivot from print products to all only digital products with the exception of a few subscription products that they had. Uh, and it's a great video uh, interview with Tag. He does a very deep dive into what the, was the thinking behind the move, uh, the insights, the challenges, and the opportunities. So if you're considering doing more digital, less print, or outright all digital now, I highly recommend you not only watch this, but you share it with everyone within your organization so they might be informed as well. So we received some new standards they, last May, but our audience development working group reviewed those, the reporting format, and the publicity guidelines, and proposed to the board, and the board approved back on the 2nd and 3rd of December, removing the reporting requirements for magazines produced in only a print format or produced in both print and digital formats to yield standards for a magazine that is produced in only digital. So again, what we did was we took the standards as they existed and said, okay, well, if we were to rewrite these and make them for an only digital product, what would you pull out? Well, we'd pull out every reference to print and every reference to both digital and prints just for starters. But the group then said, let's add a publication format paragraph, which would describe it's either print it's either digital or it appears in both a print and digital format. We would remove digital from all of the icons and the paragraph headings throughout the brand report. We'd remove reference to all print copies throughout. And we would um, modify a statement of content platform that would be used to disclose if the editorial version changes such that not all recipients get the same version. And I will say there in the print and digital standards, which still exist, there were four types of a digital version. The first one was replica, and the second was replica plus. So replica, exactly what it means. The digital version is a complete and exact copy of the print version. Replica plus was, yes, it's exactly the same as the print version, except it's been enhanced. There may be video, there may be uh, more information that you can get to through a click or something like that than what was in the print version. Well, if you're now in a only digital format, there is no such thing as a replica or a replica plus. So we removed those two as types of digital and we were left with targeted and dynamic, which were originally part of the four, right? Now, targeted would mean the digital content could change either based on the demographic of the audience, the geographic of the audience, and now we're saying even based on behavior, uh, on, on context. In other words, we know what they looked at last time, so when we do something next, we'll either give them more of that or something to that effect. So this statement of content platform 
which is in the additional data, the back page of the report, if you will, you would disclose if you went from everyone gets the same thing to something like, well, not everyone gets the same thing. We've done some targeting here. Okay. So groups get the same thing, but not all groups get the same thing. So either I'm going to target and deliver this digital version to this group, and I'm going to deliver this digital version to this other group, and another group gets this third thing. So if you went from my magazine, everyone gets the same, to now, no, I'm going to split that up a bit, either based on demographics, behavior, geographics, and different groups are going to get different things. Well, in the statement of content platform, you'd have to disclose that. You'd have to say, not every recipient gets the same version, and you'd explain what causes the different versions to occur. Now, the next choice, the fourth one, which was dynamic, that I don't know anyone who's ever gotten there, but the concept back in the day was that the digital version could be unique to every single recipient, hence dynamic, that the, the publication, if you will, the, the copy for John Doe or Susie Q gets created more or less on the fly based on certain parameters so that, in effect, no two recipients get the same publication. As I said, I don't know anyone who's done that, but it is allowed for. So that's when you would use this uh, statement of content platform. Now, our working group, when we were looking at this publication format, a new table, a new paragraph that we were going to add, they looked at it and, and there were four options that were discussed. First, that perhaps we should limit the disclosure to the top of the first page under a publication format. Um, and list that the publication is either a print product, it is a print and digital product, or it is only digital. Second, have a footnote in the footer. There is a footer now that talks about how things weren't ranked in any particular order. Amend that footer of each page to disclose the publication format in one of three formats. This publication appears in only print, or it appears in print and digital, or it appears in only digital. Third option was, well, let's have the total qualified column header in each of the paragraph disclose in which of the three formats the magazine might be produced. So it might say total qualified only print, total qualified print and digital, total qualified digital or only digital. Or fourth, have columns within each paragraph to include print, digital, or both print and digital, and here, or, or uniques. And here the concept would be, if you're only digital, you wouldn't show any numbers for print. Or if you're only print, you wouldn't show any numbers for digital, so it would be patently obvious what's happening. Uh, the group went through and, and they, they decided on the second that we'd have a footnote. So the working group were of the opinion that the three types, print, digital, both, uh, should be consistent across the brand reports and therefore recommend, the recommendation was to use the footnote method in the footer to disclose the publication format with the option to report the columns of print, digital, or both. Again, we're removing the columns that say print and digital if you're only print or if you're only digital, but the option is there that you can use it. So if you like the optics of showing your 100% print, so you wanna show a digital column with nothing in it with all dashes, have at it. Or conversely, if you're only digital and you wanna show print and digital and show print to have all dashes, have at it. You may do that at your option. It's not required, but you may do it at your option. So that column reporting would offer the opportunity, we think, to further distinguish the unique format used within a competitive set. And those standards were revised 
in section 1-2B, 804, so I'll comment there. Uh, sections or, or the standards, 1-2, 2 is business B2B. 1-1 uh, was the brand report, 1-3 is consumer, so 1-2 is B2B. We've now come up with a B version for only digital, while 1-2A, which we're working on now, is the print, digital, or both, and, and the changes that we need to make there. So just a, a bit of an explanatory. So here's the brand report, and I'm going to toggle and take us through. Uh, let's look at this one. Okay. So you can follow along. What I did was I just highlighted some of the comments here so that you can see what's changed, so it will stand out. So here we were thinking that publication format digital would appear right here on the top of the report. Criterion is produced in a digital format and is written and designed for the digital or modern reading experience, which may be accessed by a computer, mobile phone, or tablet. The digital format includes features such as videos and surveys, allowing for user interaction with the brand. Now, that's a template. Uh, that's not gospel for every single occurrence. This would be something that, depending upon what your digital publication is capable of doing, you would want to report here. So if you're not including videos, you wouldn't say that. Or if you're not including surveys, you wouldn't say that. But if you're doing something that increases user interaction with your brand, we would recommend that you disclose what that is. So then as we scroll down, we removed any reference to print or digital in the magazine icon. And we took out the print or digital columns from the executive summary. And then in the footer, it was recommended that we have, here's the traditional, no attempt has been made to identify, but we've added it now, publication format. This publication is produced in an only digital format. And the idea was that would appear on every page. Now we get into the magazine channel where we typically had a print and a digital or a uniques in case they were both, those are all gone. Again, this is an only digital publication. So why would you show that? Unless from the optics point of view, you know, you wanted to do that. And here's the footer again, publication format. It's in digital only. Same in 3B, 3C, of course, when we get to the geographic, same, take out the print and the digital. Footnotes there each time. This is an international geo table. Now we get into the channels where they never, obviously it's not about the magazine anymore, so there's no reference. Um, here we have a uh, area I wanted to comment on. It's not related to the digital rules, but we've got Facebook likes here. And the question I was asked this week was, what about followers? And so I've got to get back to our member about that question. Why are we reporting likes? Why are we, or can we also report in addition to or in place of our followers? So I did want to comment on that. And then the statement of content platform. So here we were saying targeted. So the editorial is changed for specifically defined groups and or platforms. I'll stop there. Groups meaning demographic, geographic, behavioral. Platform meaning what are they consuming it on? So you might have one version that's designed for a desktop. Maybe there's another version that's designed for a mobile, smartphone. You might point that out. Each group of recipients, whether they are segmented demographically or because of the flat platform they use to receive the digital product, 
receive a copy with different content specifically selected for that group. Apart from minor updates, the content cannot change once the issue is made available. So those are the changes that the group approved to the report format. But literally this morning, as we were rehearsing, if you will, or chatting about this, we realized, let me go back to it, right? If it is a brand report and it is multi-channel, which we're showing here, why do we need to talk about the publication magazine up here in the front? Why wouldn't we just put it in the magazine category as we get into the report? So in this version, we're suggesting take it off the front page. And when we get into the magazine channel, here it is. So publication format, digital, basically copy and paste or cut and paste from what we had um, in the version up above. Second change we're entertaining now is the footer. Before it said that the publication was a, basically an only digital format, but this page is all about multi-channel. It's not just about the magazine. So we were thinking, or we are thinking, well, why don't we just have that footnote or footer on each page where the page is about the magazine and not about any of the other channel? So here we've got the footnote on the bottom of that chain, and then we do 3B, we do 3C, and we get into the averages over the period and some paid, if you had paid, there's the footnote again. But as we move down, we're still in geos, so green, the color green for all the tables, is the magazine channel, so we'll have the footnote again. And there's the international geo, so again, the footnote should be there. But now we're into the channels. So we've got the newsletter, the event channel, the app channel, no footnote, because it doesn't apply. These channels are not a magazine, they're what they are. Same thing on the website channel and the social media channel, nothing. We come to additional data, we start off magazine. Okay, what's the method of distribution? What's the statement of content platform? So we talked about that there. So we are um, very likely to use this format for the few publications that are only digital for the December 2020 reporting period. But I'd say work in progress on that. Let's come back to the PowerPoint. Then we've looked at the publicity guidelines. And of course, in the publicity guidelines, it said, if you have print and you have digital, you have to disclose that you have both or and any comparisons that you make, even if you only have one or the other, any comparisons you make have to be to both. Um, we backed off that. We said, no, 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 it's total qualified. That's what should be compared. If you want to compare print as compared, so if you were only print and someone else was print and digital or someone was only digital, then you have to be transparent and talk about it all print, all digital, or whatever the combination is. So by a comparison by type of format is not required. So you can simply say total qualified circulation. But if the option is chosen to talk about type of format, then the comparison must be made for all in the competitive set. So if you're comparing yourself to another publication and you are a combination of print and digital and they are uh, print only, and you're going to make the point that you have some digital, you have to say they don't have any. Likewise, if you're only digital and you're going to compare yourself against somebody who has a combination of the two, 
you can't just compare print, I'm sorry, you just can't compare digital to digital and leave off their print, right? So you can start with total qualified, that's the common denominator for everybody, but if you get into the type of format and promote the numbers by format, you need to be transparent across the board. So here are the publicity guidelines, and I will, um, I'll go out again and look at those. And the change that was made, it's everything is very much it's exactly the same as it always was. But when we get down to comparisons, let's find that. So here we begin to talk about what should be in the comparisons. So the guidelines have now been refreshed. So here you have best practice for comparisons. Use only the most recent. Comparisons can go back in time. Total qualified copies should be compared to total qualified figures for all competitors. If a comparison for total qualified, only print or only digital is compared to a publication reporting both print and digital, the total unique qualified should be used as the basis for the comparison, not the sum of the print and the digital. And that media owners have the option to make the comparisons between print, digital, uh, and both formats. So this has been the rewrite here on the publicity uh, guidelines. So what we attempted to do is uh, combine what was a section in our standards for the brand report. And then separately, we had a section for business to business. And then we had a section for uh, publicity and other things that applied. And what we found was if you handed somebody the entire PDF that included newspaper requirements, consumer magazine requirements, all the supplementary type of audit requirements, it's a 270 page document. And people would look at that and say, my God, I got to read this thing to understand what I need to do. And so we're trying to simplify it by bringing it, distilling it back down to, uh, let's use the word format, distilling it down to type of format. So if I'm an only digital publication, we want to give you 1-2B and say, this is all you have to read. We've put everything from other places into this one document. So likewise, if you're only a B2B publication with only print, or your B2B publication that has a combination of print and digital, we want to get to the stage where we say, okay, here's the book 1-2A that you would read if you're of that type of format. And then likewise, we'll do the same for consumer and newspapers, but we're starting with, with, uh, with the B2B group. So when we did that, we were asking ourselves, well, what's, a, what's the actual or the natural flow as someone might go through a standalone document now that's supposed to have everything in it for the format and your um, obligations and eligibility, if you will. So what we have done, I hope, is accomplish that. And let's we take a look at the actual standard. Now we'll put a we'll put a cover um, on it. But if we come down to the table of contents, and I'd be anxious and curious for your feedback on this. But here's the flow. It's sort of like you know the birth through the full life of a brand. First, what's the eligibility requirements? And from there, what are obligations of membership? How do you apply? 
Well, more if I was transferring membership or if I'm merging publications or if I'm uh, if I want my audit on site or if I'm outside the US. And then we get into what's the general information in a brand report. That's the, um, what we're calling the 700 series. 800, what are the contents of the brand report? And I'll stop there. What we've done now, which didn't exist in the previous version, is we've gone through and given a number to every single element. So it's much easier now if you're having a phone conversation or an email conversation and you want to direct somebody to something very specific, we can now give you the section number right down to the subsection and you can easily find what it is that's being talked about. Whereas in the past, some of the sections went on for three or four pages and not all of it was relevant to whatever the question was being asked at the time. And so it just became a cumbersome and maybe a bit of a turnoff. So we wanted to simplify that, all right? So 800 are contents of the brand report. The 900 section deals with definitions and reporting requirements. And the 1,000 has to do with requirements and records necessary for audit. And that goes on, that's a lengthy one. And then we come into audit procedures, which is 1,100, membership advisories, 1,200, special three or six month audits, 1,300s. Publicity is in the 1,400s, the complaint process 15, and the appeal 16. Now this used to be three different documents. So we, we put it all together into one. And I'll show you another uh, element, I hope, that works for everyone, is that every paragraph we have now indicated a number. So if you were asking a question, I could refer and say to you, uh, look at 1-2B101, subsection 1A, and that would answer your question. So you're, again, you're not having to fish around looking for an answer, because previously much of it was not numbers. Every single paragraph, subparagraph item, they're all now uh, numbered in some way, shape, or form, that it is easy to uh, direct, raise questions, and cross-reference, right? That was what we wanted to do. Try and make it simpler, although it is a complex document to deal with. Okay, so those, that's the, the concept behind what we did here with the, the table of contents and how we're now mashing these three different documents into one. So we're very curious if those of you who start to use this, if you find that the flow works well, this is what we wanna do, as I said, with the print and digital for B2B, that's our next version. And then moving on to that, the consumer uh, and the newspaper. So what I'd like to do is just highlight for you the changes that we made to the uh, standards that were previously for print, digital, or both. So the first change was publication format. So this is that, statement that shall be included to disclose the publication's type or format. I've shown two versions, one on the top of the brand report and then one in the magazine section. Stand by for a, a final decision on that, but that's we're leaning towards just including it in the magazine section as that's where it's appropriate. And then also note we have here, we added that each page of the brand report shall have a note in the footer to disclose the format. And so we will modify that now if the decision is taken to only show it in the magazine uh, channel, if you will, in the brand report, then we'll say here that that's where that needs to go. Next change, here again, in the print and digital sections, remember I said we had four, there was replica, replica plus, dynamic, and targeted. Those four will still remain in the print and or digital, uh, or and digital section, so yes, 
but we've taken out replica and replica plus and any reference throughout the standards and now just talking about dynamic and targeting. So that was a change. And then again, whenever there's a change in the editorial format from issue to issue. So in January, everyone gets the same. And then in February, you decide for whatever reason to split out a little demographic and give some targeted content, geographic based on context or something like that. Yes, you would make a comment in the statement of content platform that you have done. And then here is the actual statement of content platform, which we've revised. So those are the five substantive changes that we made to the standards for only digital. Otherwise, everything was an extraction. Everything was a takeout. Take out everything about print, take out about reporting, uh, and so on. And But these are only really the five substantive changes um, in the standards overall. So questions. How will the order process change for only digital? publications, if at all. I think the key phrase there is, if at all. Uh, no, there isn't a change in the audit process. It is as it has always been. Um, if, of course, if you had both, you know, we're looking at print bills and postal receipts and copies for the print side. And on the digital side, we're looking at the log files, the alerts that went out, looking at the bounce backs. So that still exists. Now, um, one of our working uh, group members has emailed me to suggest that, hey, we should be looking at a possibility to further automate the digital review. Um, and we're anxious to do that, but that has to do with how many service providers there are, what technology they're using. But we're very keen to explore on the digital provider side, um, how their system can be certified such that the output is uh, audited or pre-audited, if you will. It's certified, that the data set that comes out of that is the uh, correct data set so that that should enable us to expedite the audit process uh, on the digital side. So, yep, very much interested in doing that. We've got to take that potentially one vendor at a time because there may be no standard yet across all the vendors in terms of how they're reporting. But yeah, we would certify that the system is working such that we know the output is exactly what it should be. Then I think we can make it a much more efficient process. But uh, as it stands right now, the only digital audit process is the same as it has been. It, that, that doesn't change. What drops off is, the, as I said, the, the print side. Uh, future BPA university sessions. What I would encourage is we have a look at, well, at the videos of all of the 30 sessions to date. So I think the next university we won't do until the new year, given the holidays that are coming up over the next couple of weeks. I think everyone will be preoccupied. So what I would suggest, if you have some relaxing <laughs> casual time um, between now and the new year, come into the website and look in the Ask the Experts section and go to answers you know, from the experts. And that's where all those videos are. And have a look at, uh, at those select topics of interest and watch them over the next few weeks before the university sessions resume uh, in the new year. Now a word from our sponsor. Uh, last week we exhibited at Expo Expo. And one of the things that has come out, you, I said it was the IAEE, International Association of Exhibitions and Events. There's another group in Europe, in Paris, UFI, UFI. Um, it's a French, it's an acronym of a French word, but effectively it is the, um, the Union of International Trade Fairs. 
And uh, they've reached out to us. We're a certified auditor for UFI, so we do many uh, audits of events, live events, uh, throughout predominantly in Asia, China, and a bit in Europe, in the UK. Um, and so the question was now that everything was going to either digital, some use the word virtual, but let's use digital, a digital event or a hybrid event where you have both live and you have digital. And the question is, well, what are the metrics in a digital event? And so the conversation is the industry needs a minimum standard to report on in terms of metrics of digital events. So for example, in the live event, you have registrants, you have attendees, right? The net of the registrants who turn up are the attendees. And then we would talk about days visited to a show of a multiple day show. And we would talk uh, a little more deeply on, on the exhibiting side and what was happening. Well, in the digital world, exhibitors are more apparently keen on learning not only how many people registered, how many people attended, but what did they attend? What was the dwell time? Did they go into sessions only? Did they go to the ex exhibition uh, booth area? How many booths did they visit? How much time did they spend? If I'm a, a sponsor, our experience was, I wouldn't call us a sponsor, we were an exhibitor, but as an exhibitor, you had the opportunity to create an ad that would sit and uh, when they came to your booth, there was this visual that they would see, and some people would display video or whatnot. So the exhibitor wants to know how many times was my creative seen and for how long. And so there's a whole host of metrics. Now, some organizers might say, look, some of that information we're only going to provide on a one-off basis to the exhibitor so they can see their own data. But we're not going to sh you know, show everyone the data on every exhibitor. Totally get that. You know, you, you'd probably um, homogenize, average it, and say, okay, well, we had so many attendees. On average, they visit so many booths. On average, they spend so much time in the booth. On average, so many ad campaigns were seen. But the exhibitor also wants to have their own data uh, verified. So we're putting a working group together looking for volunteers. So those of you who have any experience with digital or virtual events um, and you'd like to participate working with us with UFI, eventually uh, we'll certainly share it as well with the IAEE in terms of at a minimum, right? What should the standards be for metrics that are being used in conveying conversation about audience and behavior at digital or virtual events? Again, I was wishing everybody a wonderful holiday season. Uh, um, the Hanson family, um, we're just limiting it to my two sons. My daughter lives in Spain now with her husband, and because of COVID, she can't come home. Um, but we're just going to limit it to the four of us. And no, none of my siblings or my wife's siblings are, are going to be coming over to the house, only because we just, we're getting so close to getting vaccinated, we really don't feel it's worth the risk at this time. Um, but 2020 has just been one hell of a year, and I just want to say good riddance to 2020. 2021 has got to be better. I don't think anything could get worse. But I wish you all the most, the happiest of holidays, whether you're like me and limiting who you're going to interact with family-wise, or if you are doing an extended family, please do it safely. Uh, please remain healthy. And I look forward to seeing all of you back in 2021 at our next university session. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.